We're back. The Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces, sports, e-games, cannabis, you know, those hustles that we, that we all have without the bullshit, of course, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. But we're three brothers in various shades of brown. All types are wrong, man. Bringing, <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups, mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. Here we're here. We're talking about uh, one of the most important sports in the in the in the world today. Uh, you know, not football. You know, Chicago Bear fans, <laughs> Detroit Lions San Francisco fans. Bears, Forty Nine Air fans. We're talking about e gaming today and the impact that is having in the world. Um, it's one of the fastest growing sports. Um, it's it's pretty much the wild wild west in sports as well. And you know, we just want to dive deep into the topic. Um, I've been watching it from the sidelines, looking at some of the things that's been going on with Twitch, some of the investments, some of the cultural plays, um, some of the people who are getting into the industry, like your uh, well-known sports figures like Magic Johnson and Robert Kraft. Rick Fox. Rick Fox. Fox. Pretty mm. Ricky is what they call him. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just getting into the space and investing early and uh, the trajectory of it. So, you know, that's something that we want to dive into. Uh, we, we're excited about it and just kind of give our thoughts. So, you know, see where we go. Yeah, listen, I, I, I'm a big proponent of I would say I like the opportunity that e-gaming has to offer everybody because there's no real structure yet. It's not regulated by one major body in the U.S. or internationally. It's anybody who likes a certain game that has a, a huge community of online playing, uh, like League of Legends. Uh, I used to play Call of Duty a lot. Then I was told I was too damn old to keep on playing this because <laughs> I used to lose my whole Saturday. Yeah, you know, drink, drinking, you know, me and food. <laughs> drinking and eating Chinese food. But uh, so I, I let it go. Uh, but with that being said, it is appearing on on linear television, right? You see, mm. you see, you know, sometimes they do Madden challenges on, on ESPN. You see what's going on with League of Legends uh, on different uh, networks. You know, you got uh, Turner when you got TBS, TBS, yes, TBS holds has the games on and, you know, they edit it down, of course, uh, like at 10 o'clock on a Friday night yeah. <laughs> for, for, for some of us who are home on a Friday night, such as myself, cause I have a party lifestyle that I have, but you know, like that, there's a lot of opportunity because not only in that space, right. And not only the fact that you could play this game and now there's a potential of making millions of dollars, like the, uh, the Fortnite championship this past year mm. where the champion won, what is that? Two million dollars? Three million. Three, was it three? three? I think. And it's, they sold out the U.S. Open Stadium. Yeah. yeah. Arthur Ashe Stadium, right? Arthur Ashe Stadium. Damn. Yeah. It's crazy. To yeah. watch a kid play Fortnite. Yeah. And, 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 and this is the, the old man goes, to watch a damn kid play Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> but there's tons of opportunity and, and the ecosystem too. That's my favorite word now is the ecosystem play of the games created. Uh, whether it's a PC game or online game where there's no console needed outside of your, your almost industrial sized computer that you might buy at home now, you have a home where the games keep on expanding because they have, they, they can expand the games, add new levels every other day, new prize packs that you keep on generating revenue from. The games keep on, the companies keep on generating revenue from or the standard games, like traditional games where you see 
the Maddens, the NBA 2Ks, where people are playing and those leagues are being created. So I think there's a huge opportunity in that space where if you have an idea and you can make money for it, if you play, you know, there's kids out here who come home from school at 2.30 and play from 3.30, 4 o'clock to 1 o'clock in the morning. Wow. And, you know, it's it's turned into a billion-dollar industry right now. Um, over the last year, 2008, 2019, I mean, excuse me, 2018, 2019, uh, turned into a billion-dollar industry, and it's continuing to rise. I mean, you talk about sponsors getting into the getting into it not only from a sponsorship but advertising um, there's media play there's a whole bunch of revenue streams that are out there that are driving this industry um, just thinking about it overall there's um, the media rights there's game publishing fees there's merchandise mm. there's tickets um, one of the biggest things around tickets is they're selling out stadiums yeah uh, one of the biggest um, yeah, one of the biggest e-gaming events took place in um ah, where was it in St. Louis, Missouri, where they sold out uh the stadium for a league uh, League of Legends championship series where they had six hundred thousand people who streamed it wow. online between YouTube and Twitch. Wow. So it's 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 just going crazy. And one of the biggest things there is that um not only did they sell out the stadium, they had streaming uh across Twitch and YouTube, but they had these teams who were playing the games and then they had sponsorships. Uh, companies like Nike mm. who are there who are sponsoring these teams. Sports and- performance apparel, gaming clothing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, you see how to, you see how you can buy, you know, for your home setup where there's, a, there's e-gaming chairs. Yeah. Right. Where, so there's that perfect position. There are people who did the league such as, uh, you know, I'm a big Formula One racing fan. I don't know about all you, you, you. Cause you're bougie, man. Uh, bougie. <laughs> <laughs> When he's not in his peloton, he's at the Formula One race. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but but you can you have a whole setup where Formula One and Formula One matches uh, or games are fully are almost damn near like the actual race where they set up the great how how authentic the, these uh, games are. So I think you have this opportunity of the you know from a sports side, the sports games itself, the actual sports games where there's the the re, how re, how real those products are, yeah. and people are playing it, and they're growing tremendously. And you can set up your own league. I, I'm talking with a friend, old friend from high school. Him and his guys, they want to set up. They want to focus on African Americans and brown people nice. who who are into e gaming, and they're not the tier one guys. They can come set up tournaments where everybody pays forty dollars. They can sit in the, you know a round robin, etc., and you know win prizes. And with the idea how to tie in their their score and rating into the overall the overall championship ratings online. And then, you know, all these gaming companies are really taking advantage of this and they're selling franchises. Yeah. Kind of like the NFL, right? Yeah. You think about um, companies like Riot Games, they're selling franchises for ten million dollars a piece. Is it that high? Ten million dollars. And then and then um, You got it, Ethel? <laughs> he got it. He's got it. <laughs> I, th- I think Clyde is it's under Clyde, got... it's under Clyde's Peloton. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Activision, uh they're selling franchises for twenty million a pop. Wow. Um wow. for like the Overwatch League. So, you know, it's it's something there. And like I mentioned earlier, company I mean, people like Robert Kraft, Magic Johnson, um, they're investing because it's the substantial growth. I mean, these teams and fa- franchises are being sold for like twenty, ten and twenty million, but the valuations are coming in at like sixty to eighty million. So it's a good investment. And the global fan base is going to eclipse the NBA. Right, it's that which is at like around 400 million fans globally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it, the only, it'll only lag behind the NFL, which is like half a billion. That's insane. In a very short period of time. NFL's been building its legacy for decades, right? 100 years. We're celebrating 100 years this year. Yeah. Right? That's, that's impressive. And then you think about where the growth is coming from. It's just coming from two main places. North America and China. China. <laughs> Don't say that too loud. <laughs> uh, so that's where all the growth is coming from. So, you know, by 2021, there'll be, um, be revenues that reach like almost $2 billion and $1.6 billion. So, uh, it's, it's amazing. And I think it's a space where the barrier, barriers of entry are relatively low. Mm. Um, to compete at a, at a small level and then grow into a larger level because anyone can be an athlete in this space. You yeah. think about who's investing, where the money's coming from. Uh, one, one that gets me really excited in this space is Play VS, uh, where they're getting funding, where they're bringing esports to high schools. Oh, wow. And, it's, and uh, the founder is a, is a, is a black and brown guy. Uh, he founded it. He's getting, he's on this series. Uh, what is it? He's on this series, I think, E, uh, series C funding where he just got 50 million. Wow. Um, and he's, and he's killing the game and his name is, uh, Delane Parnell. Um, he's, he's killing it with Parnell. the play BS and he has investors like some heavy hitters. He has, uh, Michael Ovitz from former founder of C- CAA. Um, Dick Costello, you know, former NBC guy and a bunch of others. Um, but you know, it's, it's good to see where, you know, people looking like us, uh, in the space is, is playing and being competitive and getting the funding to not only build companies from scratch, but get into an industry where it's coming from the ground up. A couple of things. So they're getting college scholarships now for this, which is insane to me. It's great. I mean, and then, so if you ask, there was a, there's these gaming houses where people come together and they practice 10, yep. 12 hours a day to get into these leagues and just kill it, right? So if, so they interviewed this one guy and he said, they asked him, are you an athlete? Like Antonio Brown's crazy ass or like a Tom Brady, right? Are you athletes at that level? And he said, well, he goes, we, he, people like us in the gaming world don't want to qualify, quantify ourselves or qualify us, uh, ourselves that way. He goes, but look. What are they at the end of the day? What is Steph Curry, LeBron, or Michael Jordan, whatever they were playing? They are entertainers. Um, entertainers. They're creating content. They get, you know, they make money off their brand. Same as these folks yep. are doing at a smaller clip right now, but it's going to blow up, man. It's, it's, it's insane. And these guys are getting physical trainers because they're getting carpal tunnel and shit like that. <laughs> they're getting, you know, they, so they're, it's like, it's like a league. It's straight up. I, I don't it's know, hilarious. I don't know how I feel about how, how to get <laughs> trainers, but listen, I, I, again, I, <laughs> That's why you had to retire. <laughs> well, you know, it's it. What the 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 catch is the addictive, the addictive, how addictive playing games are. How much how time consuming it is, and with the with the uh, constant change, the constant updates with these games and how they constantly change. The ones that are living on the cloud base, their cloud systems where you can keep on adding levels. There's nothing but opportunity. Yeah. The real thing really boils down to who controls the game. Right. Who controls the product? And that's where you have to find the opportunity where you got to, you know, get the license, get the rights to actually set these tournaments up and grow a league. And that's where the barrier yeah. entry could be. That's, yep. oh, that's so, where the money's going to be made. Right. So like Clyde, you mentioned there's low barrier entry right now. That's so that's a, it's a commoditized. There's no money to be made at that level or very limited. Once you get it to the place where there are barriers, where you can only play with, with the, enough backing, that's where some crazy money can be made. So we should think about that level. Well, I, I think so to, to, to also talk about is the mobile gaming side, mm. right? So that's bigger already than console driven. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. Like, so those, those are the, the big picture games, yeah. right? That, that's what's going to, you're already seeing it having its control by the creators of the games and they're going to control that, which is smart. 
But the mobile gaming side is where you can create your own game, get it approved, as long as you have that, you know, how clear and concise the game is and set up the game is an addictive way that you can get people in. You can join in the, you know, Apple gaming community or, or, or the Google gaming community was the Google Stadia yeah. that they have. Um, but you get in there and you create these games that are targeted to certain groups and there's nothing but growth opportunity. Everything doesn't have to be console computer driven yeah. uh, games. And there are more people probably playing games leisurely on their phones than they are with on a console or, or a PC. We should probably tap up, like get, uh, there's probably like three jobs, right? That are really kind of three job verticals within this space. Mm-hmm. Like there's the software developers, right? That's, that's a given game testers for quality assurance. That's number two. Number three, and there's, there's like 25% of the entrants into this space are females as far as on the job side. It's 35% for females on the artists, writers, and designers because you'll have these main characters who are wielding swords and shooting guns, but they'll have a backstory. Yeah. And then they'll be, they'll have a love interest. It's great. I mean, so they're, so they're creating this and that's what, and they're thinking it's going to recalibrate and get to be more like a, there's a lot of female players, which is well, awesome. Well, it's the same people with the creatives that you would see on television. They can come into this space. Yeah. And yes. have less. You know, there, there, there's nothing but storylines. If you if you even looked at Call of Duty, yeah. there's a massive storyline at the beginning of you. Like, why the hell is there a storyline? I don't know who pays attention to it, but whatever. Okay. You know, but you can create those same storylines in different gaming uh, platforms. So, nothing but opportunity on my side. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And it, and it's it's one to watch. And uh, as we continue to continue to think about the space and how we play into it, I just want to leave us with a couple of key insights that. You know, I found from 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 this is uh, sitting around like where the money is 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 ultimately going and thinking about who the top companies are in this space. It's 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 interesting to see the valuation. So there's a company called Cloud Nine, and they have a 310 million dollar e gaming valuation. There's Team Solo Mid, a 250 million dollar uh, valuation. Wow. Uh, Team Liquid, 200 million, and then Eco Fox. Which I think is related to Rick Fox, uh, Ricky, a, Ro- Ricky Fox, uh, which is a hundred and fifty million dollar valuation. Wow. Which you know he's in in with a couple partners. So I mean this this gets me excited, um, and one that we'll continue to watch and think about uh, as we keep going further. And then as I think about it, like okay, e gaming is killing it, but what else is out there right now? We're talking about e vehicles. Right. I think about the man of the hour and the man of the decade, uh, Elon Musk, and how he's pretty much changed the game. Musk. Boom. Um, So I'll ask you guys this question. What's the most valuable uh, um, U.S. auto company right now? Tesla, baby. There you go. As of this week. (laughs) The fool's a big fan of Tesla. There you go. He's like, me and Elon are like this. It's like him him and Kanye and Elon hanging out in the park. It's like like a start of a joke. A fool fool Kanye and Elon walk into into a a bar. bar. (laughs) (laughs) Only only two of those guys can afford to be there. (laughs) So it's crazy because they just... Elon. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's crazy. They just passed forward um, and set the record for the most valuable... Uh, company by market cap of eighty five billion on Tuesday, and Ford's peak was like close, to like eighty point eight, less than eighty one billion. But that was back in nineteen ninety nine, right? And we should, at some point, we should discuss: is this proper? That should they, a Tesla, a company that makes one fifteenth of the cars of GM and Ford, be more valued higher than them? They're still, even though they've topped in as a as a U.S. auto. We should clarify that uh, manufacturer. 
uh, or valuation, sorry, yep. they're still behind Volkswagen and Toyota globally, mm-hmm. right? Number there, he's in third place firmly. Well, I, first things first, I don't understand. I don't see the scalability of Tesla. Yeah, it's, it's right? going to be interesting. Right, so I think when it comes down to pull back a little on on, on e-vehicles, nice one, Clyde, um, the electric vehicle game, <laughs> I don't know how, how, how much real growth is going to come from that side of the world as long as gas prices keep on dropping. Well, right? I think over time as <laughs> the world keeps going to shit as far as natural disasters, <laughs> right? You're going to have to make adjustments yeah, and yeah. – uh Take off natural resources, but um, you know, I think you know, with the millennial generation that's demanding change, you know, I won't get on my soapbox, but you're Aren't gonna you, have. You're not a millennial. Nah, nah, nah. I'm I close. Think I'm, I, close. I think I'm close. I'm close. I'm a millennial. What, what? I'm a millennial. I'm in the middle. I don't you... even look at my ass. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah. So think about think about it that way. Um, so we. So as I think about how it's changing the game, it's like what's driving the changes. It's people wanting to have a simpler. Uh, lifestyle. People are getting behind like a healthier lifestyle, and this kind of goes to it. Um, and then they got ahead of the curve in technology and getting ahead of uh, kind of speed to market. Uh, one one quick thing I will point out here is they pretty much built a factory in China in ten months. That's amazing. They started producing cars. Yeah. So the barrier entry is 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 getting lower for them as they go in different places and can get in these markets with high growth. So is India next? It's Tim it's, Apple and Elon Musk. Tim Apple and <laughs> right? Elon Musk. Tim right. Cook is the only one that's been able to <laughs> ride Apple. that line just like Elon's done well, right? At China, like Apple had like 20% growth of iPhones in December after yep. everyone thought the whole thing. This is during the China trade, U.S. trade war. It's crazy. So uh, one other thing in favor of electric vehicles in general, because a lot of brands, a lot of the big heavy hitters are coming out with them now. And there's, these cars are sexy looking, right? These te- Teslas are nice. The truck is a little odd. Weird. It's weird. It's a little too advanced, too too, too fashion forward, too Kanye for the market right now. Yeah, we're, right? yeah Cybertruck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, the, the Paris Climate Agreement, of the recognized roughly 200 countries in the world, U.S. is the only one that's not a part of it. Mm-hmm. And that'll be finalized. We were a part of it. We got out of it in 2017. And that'll be finalized, I think, this year. Uh, everyone, global climate change, if you look at what's happening in Australia, this shit's real. And I don't think anybody can deny it anymore, right? So people will want to move towards this eventually. Once we get those economics down, I think it's going to be a great play. So what I don't know is the how all the other traditional car manufacturers, how they're, how they're faring out with their electric vehicles. And not everybody's as long out there. They're not out there. So if the, to me, I'm just trying to really understand Tesla's killing it. Mm. They're the creator. They're the, they're, they, they, they run the show yeah. in that space. Everybody else is just trying to keep up in that, in that sector, right? Electric vehicles. If everybody else and their electric vehicles aren't selling well, in which I don't know, like what their numbers are, then is there really the opportunity long term? So let's look at it this way. Microsoft came out with a Palm, right? Yes, right. Went did. to shit. I had a Palm. Went to shit. All right. iPhones what changed it for everybody. Every, you know, and uh, so you don't have to be the first one in to kill it, right? If you have the choice between a Tesla, Mercedes, or a BMW, um, Porsche, that's a straight up EV. Yeah. Which one do you want in your driveway? They're all three sexy, actually. They're nice looking cars. It all depends on what your values are, right? Because these are people who are well, the first movers today yeah. are people who, who care about the environment I'm and saying want when, something of But great. when Porsche and BMW have their electric vehicle, which is coming to this market, it's coming to the market this year. Yeah. That's Porsche. what I'm saying. Well, 
Like I, I, I. If it, if it was like, if hey, the price point price points are the same, exactly. Because t- Tesla take, price points are pretty. You know that Cybertruck's like forty k, man. That's that's reasonable. Yeah, it's pretty reasonable. I mean, yeah. stupid looking, but you know. it's pretty reasonable. Uh, but you know, yeah. a Porsche truck is going to be more than forty k. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's the thing. That's where the that's where the kind of competitive uh, play comes into and gives it a um, a, a real entry to the to the marketplace. I had oh, go ahead. No, I, well, so if if you put if you line all like to to what you were saying, if you line up the BMW e vehicle, Porsche e vehicle, Tesla, I'm going I'm going BMW mm-hmm. because you know again I'm not going for the first round. Yeah, yeah. you know I got you. you know I, I would go when they get some you know more iterations and, and really figure out how it matches their their brand right and make sure it's as powerful, uh, it, it's quiet, et cetera, et cetera. But the brand. The, I, I'm going. I'm going with traditional guys because I think the luxury side of it is there. I've been in multiple Teslas. I don't own one. They're beautiful. Uh, they're, they're nice inside, they're, man. They're a beautiful they're car. But you know, I, I would go with the traditional guys. BMW is um, the ultimate driving machine, baby. That's a. That's a, it's a, it's a. Mercedes is catching up. Mercedes dipped for a while as far as quality and drive of it, but they're, they're catching up. Yeah, they're catching up. I, Audi's and, caught up. Yeah, I I would go with those other luxury brands. I just don't, you know, you were making a point, and I thought you were going to go go there. It's like, do you think Tesla's going to survive when everybody else gets in there and they're getting they and they get in there and they're comfortable with yep. their position? Here's the thing. So I I think someone sh- will. I think Elon Musk. We we talked about this last uh, a while ago too. So Elon Musk wants this company to be private, so he doesn't have to keep putting out these numbers. Because look, yep. it's this is natural. It's overbought right now, right? This has happened six times, seven times before where they hit their strength benchmark as far as the stock valuation. It's pulled back significantly every time. That's fine. That that can happen. That's because he has to answer to investors and all these people who want to see certain metrics. That's all BS though. At the, at, you should be putting out a great product into market. I think he re- ultimately wants to take this thing private. Uh, and I think it should be – I think an Apple has the cash to take it. It's too highly valued right now. Uh, like Netflix is too highly valued we've talked about uh, numerous times. If it suppresses, which it will, it'll yeah. come down from this. I'm not giving you stock advice. I'm just saying, do your work. <laughs> but it's going to come down from there. It's definitely going to come down. It already came down like a, a certain percentage, right? Since uh, t- like two days ago. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to have a pullback. Yeah, but who, who's so the catch is like, all right. So we talked about barriers to entry in the last in our last segment. Yeah, there's a barrier to entry to uh, uh, uh to to a more sustainable environment. Like yeah. only only people who have a certain amount of cash can get any of these cars. So everybody else is still running on gas. Yeah. Um, but how, how, how does anybody come in and make it an affordable car? Well, Chevy has the, what's it, the Volt? Yeah. That's a sexy Which car. Which flopped. That's flopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you think about it, like the E, the, the electric, electronic vehicles, electric vehicles is not a new space, right? You think about what was the first one that got everyone excited? You guys remember what that is? No. Toyota Prius. The Prius, yeah, those yeah. Were everywhere. Hold on, hold on. for the for the record, it did not get me excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing like saying like, "Yeah, you want to go meet me in a car, baby?" In the Prius, <laughs> you got a Prius? Nope. <laughs> but that was one of the first, yeah. right? That yeah. one pretty much changed the game and opened the yeah. the gateway, so everyone in California was riding around in a Prius, so. and it's done well, extremely well. Yeah, yeah, it's been around for a while, and my neighbor has one. Nice, and it, and it's one of the things that nice. you know pretty much led to. Tesla. The Teslas, yeah, right? Yeah. And one of the things I think about is pretty much are black people driving these cars? And right now, I'd say no. I don't see a lot. No, I mean, you look at the data, and it's probably like twenty percent of hybrid owners are are like black or brown. Okay. So you know, it's it's low. It's, okay. it's it's really low, and like we're not investing into them. And one of the questions is like, why? Um, 
And, you know, is it because of, I don't know what the question, what the answer is. is I don't do know. We, do we not believe in the, the, the vehicles? Are we more like America? I'm America, American I'm America. made. <laughs> well, it's a, well the, the catch with Tesla is it's, it's similar to like a lot of new technologies. It's going to be very focused in the major metropolitan cities, right? Exactly. Right. Like you're not, not going to do it in Alabama. York, yeah. So in the New York <laughs> area, no offense to the great state of Alabama. Yeah. Another. Uh, but, but or my or, name's Clyde, by the way. That's my, <laughs> no, but you're right. In small urban centers where you can charge them and drive your drive your bit and then get back and, and charge it. But and then you got to have charging stations. Yeah, no, but that's they're uh, they're really becoming ubiquitous everywhere, and that's going to be great because all these different entrants into the market they're going to be everywhere. These charging. My buddy has one, and he's he loves it. He loves it. And he said there's ample charging stations wherever he needs to be. They're there. Well, you're in the New York metropolitan area. He's in he's in D.C. area, but uh, no, yeah, he's in D. Well, yeah. D.C. Area, yeah, which, same thing, same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you think about it, you know, that's that's kind of one of the things we got to think about. And then the most important piece here is, you know, the the cost of those vehicles, and then to maintain yeah. them, right? You yeah. just can't go to the gas station. Well, that's you got you got to get a you got to get a charging station put in your garage or something along those lines. And I think that you know, on average, uh, people who own EVs or electric vehicles has a, have an income of over seventy five thousand. You know, yeah, that definitely. outpaces the median income of around thirty to forty thousand. So, um, you know, those are some of the challenges that that it's gonna take time to get over, but I think over time we'll get there and I think Tesla is leading the way if they can continue down their path. They're getting purchased. Man. And investors, you know, from a stock perspective, I'm not gonna give you stock advice, but do your work, but like Investors care about future profits. They're looking at GM and Ford and saying, okay, this is a stagnant brand. Once they jump into EV, we might get behind them again, but they're already in there. Ford's doing better than GM. But they're looking at Tesla as going to be the next, you know, he's going to kick it in this space. And that's why they're getting behind them. Know your, know what's happening with that valuation. It's going to be very volatile. Ford and GM are pretty steady. Well, so it, the, you know what you got. So Tesla, Tesla arguably, even though there are prices that are different models, do vary and compare and do go up against the Chevys, the Fords, and, and, and some of their, what's the, what, what, like their models are, you know, got the model, model, model three. Yeah. Like they're, they, As, they do have compa- comparative prices to some of the other vehicles. Yeah. So the catch here is it becomes the financing side. Yeah. Right. You know, GM, they all created their, didn't they all create their own financial, you know, like financing, uh, companies where they can finance. Oh, yeah. That's a great different, business. Different, <laughs> different credit levels. Yep. And that opens you up to getting more to scale. Yep. Right. So if Tesla decides to do that, maybe they can get there. Um, if that's their goal, right? Yeah. They, you know, they, that means they have to produce a large number of vehicles and they have to be able to scale and scale quickly. I know we're getting to that point. Should I make, can I make one more point? Yeah. Go ahead. And then, we go should, ahead. then we should dip out. I'm sorry. Um, so I apologize, man. Just say it. I don't, bitches. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so like BMW, right? They'll change their model up every seven years, they'll make a significant change to the model, right? Mercedes, all of these cars do the same thing. The cool thing about Tesla is, that, and that's a complete reconfiguration. You can get these electric updates, electronic updates, monthly, more often sometimes. Yep. So they can recalibrate a lot of the performance of the car without you having to do much. You just download it. That's kind of dope, right? So that's that's one thing I want to say. Just think about that. It's a, it's a it's a cool space, and Elon Musk is one of the right guys to be in there. Yeah, and I'll close out on this. Right, in order for this stuff to take off. And which I think is Tesla's leading the way and and um um it's pretty much setting a benchmark for all these other companies. There's be three three things have to happen. The range of the um of the cars have to improve. Right now on average, I think the the best models today can get around two hundred and thirty eight miles on a single trip. 
it needs to be 300 or more, right? Yeah. Um, especially in these flyover states, you know, where I'm from, like the Midwest, where people are driving. Where both way. of you guys are from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's the dude from Jersey. Just want to put that out there again. I'm just uh, want to throw out the fact that y'all both live in Jersey. <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> Suburb of New York. Um, oh, nice. And then the chart, and then the. <laughs> nice. Um, Shots fired. Next, next one is the, the charging infrastructure, yeah. fixing that, right? So right now, Roughly 80% of all vehicle owners charge their vehicles at home and 15%, you know, at, at work. So where can they get their cars charged on the, somewhere outside of that? So fixing that and then the cost. Um, is it attainable for a large mass market as you touched upon? So I'll kind of end it there. Um, I think this is a topic one for us to continue to watch. Yeah. And, uh, I'm excited to, uh, see where it goes and see what happens in the next couple of months and, uh, years. So thinking about that, uh, I think we're going to close out on our most fun topic. Uh, start off with shit you should know. Who's yeah. going first? I'll, I'll kick it off first. Oh. Uh, I'll kick it off first. Bring the shit. I'm, Bring. I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm excited about this one because uh, this is something I listen to on a daily basis. Uh, how I built this. Ah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I like how we were talking about other people's podcasts. That's, yeah, yeah. That's how you grow. That's community. Exactly. Community. <laughs> and and it, it takes a different spin, right? <laughs> It's more interview based. It's it has a um, a spin on how entrepreneurs built their companies, um, and it's one where it goes in deep with the founders um, of 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 diving of diving deep. So guy, um, uh, uh, what's his last name? Um, guy Ramirez is is the uh, uh, excuse me, I mean not Guy Ramirez, Guy Raz. Uh, he's he's the he's the founder creator of it, and mm. one of the most exciting episodes that I've seen was uh, all about um, Bevel um, oh, Walker nice. and Company, nice. where Tristan Walker went on and talked about his story, yeah. which was very interesting because it talked about how he uh, created Bevel, cre- identified a need in marketplace for African Americans, and you know the shaving systems, and but more importantly around why he decided to sell to uh, a larger uh, corporation, mm. P&G, and how he's envisioning taking it to the next level. So I, I recommend uh, how I built this podcast and one that uh, I, su- I suggest you start off with is the episode by Tristan Walker on uh, Walker & Co. Well, so for me, is I'm going to a book, and this is something I, I read two years ago, started rereading it again. It's called The, uh, the Originals. Mm. Uh, how nonconformists move the world by Adam Grant. I think it's really crucial, especially as we're, we're talking to, you know, we, we touch on the tech space and we, in our previous episode, we talked about, uh, you know, coming into the space and you have to reckon, you know, start recognizing that if you don't fit a mold, there's something there for you. Right. So maybe you are a, 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 a new founder or something and you have to make sure that you feel comfortable for not wanting to fit the mold. And for anybody who's an entrepreneur and people want to step out on their own, this book is possibly a great book to kind of help you open your eyes to see who you potentially are that you don't fit the mold. And it's okay. That's great, man. I love that. I love that. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to give you a book. I gave this book as a couple a gift during Christmas to a few different people. Yeah, in the you didn't family. give it to me. First, 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 uh, I don't even know are what book related? it is. Are we related? <laughs> History of the World in Six Glasses. Uh, we are Whiskey Hugh. I found this book on Amazon and it's not, it's, it's, it's a book that's been around for like probably 10, 12 years. And I just found it. I love the description. I got to it. So it tells you, um, from the stone age to through the 21st century, uh, what's happened, pivotal moments in history and what was the defining drink that was the infuser or the influencer of what happened. So through beer, 
wine, spirits, coffee, tea, cola. Takes you through Asia, Africa, Europe. It's dope. I haven't read all of it yet, but I'm I'm loving what it, it's a great it's a great read. Wow. Okay, that's a good one. Um, right. Had to check that one out. Right. Say the name Bring again. It. Say the name again. Um, History of the world in six glasses, and the name of the author is uh, I have it. I have it. I have it. Chicka 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 chicka. Thomas something. Damn. Oh yeah. Here you go. Here you go. Tom Standage. S T A N D A G E. Bad. All right, so we'll check it out. So, Look at us going, going books. Yeah, there you go. I'll be right. reading. I'll be reading. <laughs> Air day. Uh, so this is the Whiskey Hill, and thank you again for listening. You can find us on all your podcast platforms where you want to listen. You know what we didn't talk about yeah. um, as the whiskey hue is what we're drinking. Yeah. Um, today we're uh, we're drinking a Lagavulin 16. There mm. you go. Now. You know, I'm a peaty drinker kind of whiskey. I'm peaty. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this one. Go deeper, uh, man. Go it's, deeper. It's definitely, it's definitely a lot smoother. Yeah. Um, uh, put not as, not like, not, not like my favorite brand, Lafroy, where it puts the hair in your chest. Lafroy is garbage. Let's, 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 it's garbage. Let's not bad mouth. My, my name's Clyde. We might, we might, we might need sponsorship one day. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, 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 hey! hey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, Lagavulin is 16. Great, great find. Uh, very smooth. It's very smooth, smooth as hell. Um, Athul is more of a, a fan of Lagavulin than I am. You know, because it's uh, a winter drink, man. It's a good winter drink. Is it a winter drink? Well, it's cold outside. It's I so, thought it was smooth. Um, so PD is like smoky. They actually in. I saw the you know in Scotland they'll burn into these barrels. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. In the islays is what it's called, not in Scotland. So you they burn peat into these barrels and then they they create their scot their scotch in these barrels and that's why it absorbs that flavor. So the Lagavulin they'll leave it and they'll kind of it'll be a dirtier taste, a little grittier. Yeah. Because they don't it's not as distilled apparently or something like that. But Lagavulin is the smoothest of the five. There are five. You should check them out and give us some feedback. All right, this is the Whiskey Hill. Thank for your time. Talk to you later. One.